Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. In the gym, nice bringing that intelligent perspective that takes you above the rim. From the PG, saw the whole court. Now he plays the sideline to observe a report, bringing nothing but fresh interviews while discussing high school, college, and NBA news. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. Welcome to the Off the Glass podcast. This is your host Z, fan of no team, but a lover of basketball. And on this week's show, we're going to be discussing the playoff picture. Will the Lakers make the playoffs? Will Giannis is our Giannis our MVP, or is it Paul George? And we're also, in addition to speak on it, going to talk about this whole NCAA college basketball Zion Williamson. Uh, fiasco that took place the other night when uh, Duke faced off against their rival, North Carolina. So excited to have another show, excited to be here. Uh, we're back. The NBA was back this past Thursday coming off the All-Star break. And real quick, just my thoughts on the All-Star break. It's a real quick thought. If you don't like the All-Star game, don't watch it. It's just that simple. It's something for the fans. It's something for the kids. If you didn't enjoy the game, it's not a real game, then don't watch it. It's just that simple. Tired of hearing about everything surrounding the all-star game but the big storyline is going into this to this second half is the one that's going to dominate is the lakers can lebron james work a miracle and get the lakers to the playoffs and as it currently stands right now looking at the standings the lakers are currently 10th they won thursday night against the houston rockets showed a very gutty performance brandon ingram in my opinion had one of his best games as far as in a big moment as well, uh, as far as putting up stats in a big moment and playing well, yeah, 27 and 13. Um, they currently still sit 10th. Sacramento um, is currently 9th, and the Clippers are 8th. The Sacramento plays OKC tonight, so we'll see how that goes. And the Lakers play um, play the Pelicans. I don't know if um, while I'm talking, I'm gonna look it up real quick. I'm not 100% sure when the Clippers. I think the Clippers might have the the night off. I'm going to double-check real quick, but um, let's see. Yeah, the Clippers have the night off. They're not playing tonight. Let's see. Their next game is actually tomorrow against the Nuggets, so they're going to have a very big game. So, again, this is going to be a tough, contested race down the stretch, and um, – I don't know. I, I wrote a piece about how this, to me, this season, the way it plays out, may very well define LeBron James' legacy as a Laker because it was just assumed if we backtrack that he was going to add a superstar when he came there. Obviously, that didn't happen. They was they were unable to trade for Anthony Davis, um, and um, 
beef up the team that way. So they're stuck with this young roster. They made a couple moves before the deadline that I like. They added another shooter or two shooters, actually, a stretch four and Mike Muscala, and they added Reggie Bullock. We'll see how that goes. Um, but in my opinion, they're going to have to win a minimum of 19 games to even have a shot, in my in my opinion, to to win the, to get to the playoffs. They're going to have to go at least 19 and 6. Their schedule is not too crazy. I mean, they already had one of their tough games, and they won, so that's a great sign. But they still have games remaining with the Warriors, Nuggets, Thunder, and they got two games with Milwaukee, and they got one with the Raptors. So, you know, they got to face off against the top of the class of the East, which is Milwaukee and um, Toronto. And then, of course, they got the Warriors, Nuggets, and as I said, the Thunder. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if they're ever able to pull this off. If Ingram is able to step up and come to the forefront and play like the player that we we know he's capable of playing with that kind of aggression, he just looked like a totally different player the other night. If he's able to play like that consistently, then that's going to give LeBron the second scoring option that he needs to uh, be able to pull this off. Because, of course, he's going to say he's healthy, but apparently it depend, it, dep- it appears that the growing injury is nowhere near 100%. And, you know, it's an injury that I suffered myself. And what I think he's going through, you know, real quick story is I actually slipped on a wet spot and did like a James Brown split. One of the most painful injuries I've ever suffered. And those of you who are familiar with the injury called a sports hernia is when you actually tear the growing Now, my injury was severe, but not that severe. What I learned during that time with that injury is that you have one big, strong ligament that connects like the hip and the leg and that whole area. But then around that, protecting that, you have a bunch of small tendons. And I actually tore several of the small tendons, which can be very painful. And, you know, actually uh, hope my liver is doing okay because I took so much ibuprofen just to get through that season. I literally would drag my leg through the whole week. I was lucky to be able to practice by Friday, and then um, I'll be ready to go on Sunday. So I was able to make it through the season. That was one of my professional seasons in Finland, but very, very painful injury. Only thing that heals it is time and rest. But if you don't give it a proper time and rest, to me, you can potentially injure yourself further because it becomes a balance issue. And I can't prove this, but I'm almost 100% certain that a year after that, I don't think I didn't have the proper rehab that LeBron had. It was something I had to heal on my own. A uh, lot of rec- exercise, ice, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't have the the trainers, the type of things that's at LeBron's disposal playing in the NBA. So he should be fine. But what I'm saying is my balance was off. So I, I really believe that's why I ended up tearing my meniscus in my right knee because the left side of my leg was still compensating for the growing injury. So with all that being said, I think we're going to have about an 85% LeBron if we're lucky. I think they're going to be very cautious. Um, He might not play back-to-backs. He might have to, depending on where they are in the standings. Um, But I don't think Sacramento is going anywhere. Sacramento looks legit. The Clippers are going to play hard to the end. They traded away their their best players, so we're going to see how they um, are able to, to stay consistent through the end of the season. But I'm not going to bet against LeBron. They're going to figure it out. Um, I saw, you know, the different videos on, you know, social media. And social media is such a funny place to me because it's just amazing how people get caught up in a moment. You know, they get caught up in trying to be the first one to notice some and break some news. And they end up making stories and making things out of nothing. An example of that real quick, I don't want to get off on a quick tangent, though, but it was the KD 
uh, Kyrie certain, you know, sighting in Miami, them having lunch or dinner, whatever it was. So now all of a sudden, all they was talking about while they was meeting was free agency. I mean, it's just to me is we're at the point now with some of this media stuff because we have to drive this 24-hour, 27 days a week, 365 days of the year news cycle with stories that we're just reaching for stuff. Do they talk about their future? Possibly. But could it be that they're just normal human beings, that they just really cool with each other? They played in the Olympics together. Maybe they just wanted to get together, have a meal, talk about their families. You know, how's your family doing? Talk about their business and endeavors, different things that interest them. Hell, they might be talking about politics, the latest movie. I don't know, music. But just to assume that just because they got together to have a meal, that means they're going to go play together. I just think that's absurd. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's actually kind of insulting to think that their minds is just that simple. So I know the free agency thing is going to be an ongoing story. I talked about it and speak on it. But I think we're starting to get a little bit ridiculous with our our private eye, with our you know, our investigations into every little thing that happens and trying to be the first one to break a story. But Back to the Lakers and LeBron. Um, Ball, I just read, is still out. It's, he's out indefinitely. They don't have a timetable on his uh, level three, grade three, uh, ankle sprain, bone bruise. Again, there's a lot of speculation and rumors that it's possibly the father holding him out because they tried to trade him. I don't know. Um, there's no really no proof of that. I've had a grade three ankle sprain before, high ankle sprain. Very tough to come back from. Bone bruise is even tougher. So they want to rush him back. They want to make sure he's healthy. So if they do make the playoff push um, down the stretch and they make the playoffs, they'll have him available. Um, But going forward, they're going to definitely rely heavily, like I said, on Ingram, Kuzma. Um, We're going to see what Reggie Bullock can give them. He's starting. Um, Caldwell Pope has played well. McGee has played well of late. So we're going to see if the Lakers are able to pull this off. And, again, my other point, too, I almost forgot. When I started talking about social media, I was seeing things about LeBron. It's like, oh, I thought he was, you know, in playoff mode. And they were showing people showing examples of him taking plays off. Hey, he has a bad groin. LeBron is smart. And the plays that you guys were showing were plays where he wasn't going to affect the play anyway by getting back on defense. It was transition. He was picking his spots. Now, if it becomes a thing where he's really blowing rotations, which he's known to do, and I'm not saying he didn't do that in the game. I'm just addressing a bigger issue of – Stop trying to point out every little thing with LeBron. He's going to have to pace himself so he can be fresh and available to close out those games like he did in the fourth quarter of that win over the Rockets the other night. Other thing that stuck out to me was the great game last night. If you didn't see it, man, it was one of the best games of the season. Utah uh, played OKC and went to double overtime. Uh, Westbrook fouled out. But him and Paul George combined for 80 eight points man which was just simply incredible it was a a unbelievable performance one for the one for the books and again in any other season Paul George would be in my in my opinion the runaway MVP some people have him as their MVP especially because of his plays on both ends of the floor I know Pelicans fans have him as the the MVP but um I'm still going to give the edge to Giannis right now. I was kind of going back and forth between Giannis and James Harden, and mainly because I feel like James Harden is the reigning MVP until somebody – and he was playing fantastic basketball. I mean, let's just be honest. He really was. So, um, But Giannis has just been consistent throughout from from the word go. Um, He had another game the other night where he had over – 
it was a messy game because it was the first game back from the um from the All Star layover when they had played against Boston. But he had another game where he finished. I'm about to pull the stats up real quick. Yeah, he finished with 30 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, 11 or 19 from the field. So that's my point. Giannis has been consistent from day one. He has he's on the team that has the best overall record right now in the league. They're currently at 44 and 14. And, you know, who would have thought that the Bucks would have a better record than the Warriors this at this point of the season? I mean, I sure I surely didn't, but a credit to Giannis, a credit to his teammates, um, for for playing at this level. Uh I'm gonna give a shout out real quick because I got this information from I wanna make sure I pronounce him right. Mr. B Ball Realm that I follow on Instagram. His Instagram is B Ball Realm. And he had posted, and I thought it was interesting, who would have thought that Paul George might win the MVP? The Bucks would have a better record than Golden State. Harden would be averaging more points than Prime Kobe. Brooklyn Nets are are poised to make the playoffs, and the Lakers might barely make the playoffs. So, again, um, Paul George is having an incredible MP, MVP season. He would definitely be the MVP in any other year besides this season. But my important takeaway from watching that game, and it shows you, too, how tough and competitive throughout the whole Western Conference is. I'll say again, I feel like the Eastern Conference is top-heavy, but the Western Conference definitely – the um the better conference all the way through. And even though the Jazz played them tough, the Jazz are currently sixth, the Thunder are third. They're actually two games out of the second seed behind Denver. I started to watch this team and I'm wondering, man, is it legit that that the um the Thunder can really knock off the the Warriors? Because e- even though I, I know that the the Nuggets are good, I just don't see them beating the Warriors in a seven game series. Portland added Enos Cantor. He doesn't play great defense, but at least that's another offensive threat. He had a great game in his first game with them. I don't think they have enough. I think Houston's season was last season. The Jazz, again, I don't think they have enough. So, to me, the only team legitimately in the West that has a shot at knocking off um, the Warriors is the the Thunder. And it's the combination of the fact that they could throw Westbrook out there who – Steph Curry has always struggled against even um, that matchup because Steph doesn't guard him all the time. But even that matchup with um, why am I blinking? Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson guards um, Steph. I mean, excuse me, <laughs> Westbrook a lot. Um, it's always been a tough matchup for them, and with the role players in the bench playing, I mean, much better for OKC this year. Like right now, for example, I'm looking at Jeremy Grant who's currently averaging, he's shooting 52% from the field, but more importantly, he's taking three threes a game. He's shooting almost 40% from three. And I mean, he shot 29 last year. This year he's at 38. Um, His rebounds, he's at five rebounds. He's just been a really good side defender. Like he had the weak side. He came from the weak side and had the block on Donovan Mitchell when he was trying to go to the basket at the end of regulation. And a combination of somebody like Grant, um, the young player, Ferguson, who stepped in beautifully for uh, Robertson, who is still out. Uh, the numbers are not going to blow you away with, Fergus, uh, with Ferguson. The thing that's going to blow you away is the three-point percentage. Again, he's at almost 40. He's shooting 38, up from 33. 
his attempts are up a little bit. He's at almost four attempts a game, and it has been key for them. I remember the game when they played Philly. You know, Westbrook was able to penetrate down the stretch, kicked it out to Ferguson, and he's shooting the ball with confidence, and he was able to knock down the three. So the fact that they're able to throw out a very long athletic lineup that can you can throw different bodies at both Steph and KD, you have Ferguson, you have Westbrook possibly a little bit. You have Grant. You have George. You even have Diallo who can throw out there and maybe get some minutes off the bench for them. You even got the guy, um, two-way player. I don't know if he doesn't go over the game management because you can only play so many games um, between the G League and the, and the uh, NBA. And um, De- Deontay Burton, just another guy. Nerlens Noel has played well. They always struggle with Steven, Steven Adams in the middle. But, again – the wild card is DeMarcus Cousins, and I'm not trying to undersell that. Believe you me, I'm not. Cousins has looked simply fantastic since he's come back um, from the Achilles and the injury, and they actually just announced that his minutes restriction is, is about to go away. I think it might be the first game tonight as they face off against the Rockets, and as I record this, they're actually playing right now. But since he's been back, um, look at his stats real quick because he's actually – He's played 12 games up to this point. He's at 14.7 rebounds, three and a half assists. And his minutes, like I said, yeah, he's been at the 25-minute mark. So that's the only wild card um, is obviously a big wild card concerning the Thunder when they go against the Warriors. But I really think my takeaway watching that game, and it wasn't like a, a hot take, I really believe that if the Thunder is able to get a couple, let's say they steal one in Golden State, maybe they get game one, and then the Warriors come back in game two, but they are very capable of getting three and four, and now you put the pressure on Golden State, and who knows what might happen. And I'm not saying Golden State, you know, is going to fold, because, I mean, they're an all-time great team, talent-wise, KD, Steph, DeMarcus now, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, et cetera, et cetera, Steve Kerr, so we know what they got going on over there, but just something to watch, man. I really think that the Thunder have a very legit shot to really um, go at the Warriors and possibly upset them and make the finals. So I want to spend the rest of my time um, dealing with um, the segment Speak On It. So I'm going to pause real quick, take a quick break, and then on the other side of the break, we're going to come back and we're going to have our latest edition of Speak On It. So stay tuned. More to come from the Off the Glass podcast. Hey there, are you enjoying the show? Well, make sure you head over to Spreaker.com, become a follower of the show, subscribe and download. We're also on Apple Podcasts. We can be found on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the app TuneIn. So whatever your listening platform is, whatever your pleasure is, make sure to subscribe, download, support the show. We're 51 episodes in. Check out the catalog. A lot of great interviews, a lot of variety of interviews. If you also want to go over to the website, it'd be greatly appreciated. www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. Check out my blog. I'm writing weekly. We had the email list set up. So go ahead, drop your email so you'll be notified when we launch campaigns, when new material is posted as far as the blog. You can stay in tune with everything that's the Off The Glass podcast. Welcome back. And as I stated before, the break is now time for that segment called Speak On It. And this week, I'm going to be speaking on the hypocrisy 
the sham of amateurism that's going on in the NCAA. And those who have followed my podcast from day one, I've talked and done a couple different shows dealing with the NCAA and how they're exploiting the players, making a lot of money off the players. My first one was with the FBI probe that they did where they launched the investigation into some of the employees of Adidas and the, the, the playing of players and how to steer them to Adidas to sign with them after they came out of college. So if you wasn't sleeping on a rock, we know the latest controversy, or I, I should say the man of the hour, has been Zion Williamson, who faced off in his first opportunity to, to participate in the Duke and North Carol, Carolina rivalry this past Wednesday. Um, even before he had the injury, and I'm going to get to that in a second, it was amazing because I was sitting there writing a blog because it just really struck me. And what really got me going was the fact of how much money they were spending on tickets. According to multiple media reports, the lowest ticket price was around $2,600. The average ticket price was $4,000. And it was reported that somebody paid $10,000 for one ticket. Now, I'm not 100% sure what the students were paying. I find it hard to believe that they were paying these kind of prices. But I did go to Google, looked up Cameron Indoor Stadium to try to get an estimated capacity. And it said that it, it holds approximately 9,314 people. So I did some quick math. I was a history major, not a mathematician, but I just used the average ticket price and multiplied that by 9,000. 9, so I, I, I said maybe 314 of those seats for students. I still came out with, with a number that was $37.2 million, $37 million that was made that night in ticket sales alone. $37 million. Now, I'm not saying Duke saw all that money because a lot of the money, or I should say the tickets were sold on a secondary uh, ticket market, but I know they got a percentage of that money. We're not even going to include the concessions, the merchandise sales. And I mean, I get it. It was a star-studded affair. Former President Barack Obama was there. I think I saw David Robinson in the, in the house, uh, Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr., Spike Lee, et cetera, et cetera. But for those of us to think that it was okay for them to charge them prices and we're still arguing against paying players, then shame on you. Shame on you. And like I said, you you probably won't believe me because you wasn't there, but I was already writing this article uh, prior to 30 seconds into the game when Zion Williams slipped and his foot came through the shoe and he finished he finished the game. He couldn't, I mean, he was pulled from the game. He could not finish the game, excuse me, and was diagnosed with a grade one MCL sprain of the right knee. So, of course, it was the biggest story the next day. Shows on ESPN, NBA TV, talk radio, podcast. And everybody to me was missing the whole point. All they wanted to keep talking about was the sneaker malfunction and all this. And to me, the main issue comes back to how they're able to make this kind of money off these athletes and they don't get any compensation. And I even go on to say in the blog piece that, you know, and you should check it out, I really go into depth talking about this and you know we're we're well past the days of just earning a degree 
And even somebody like Charles Barkley, man, who was on there talking about, and it was almost like Nike called him and said, can you use your platform to um, speak about uh, our shoe and our product? Because he kept saying we and our, like he owns Nike. Charles, you're an employee. They cut you a check. You do not own Nike. But for him to say, where did my money become everything? As if it's the kid's fault, as if it's, the player's fault. All we do is just play because he was outraged. That was even talk about possibly holding Zion out for the rest of the season. And I'm like, Charles, first of all, I hope I never become this older person who, as I get old, I get stuck in my ways and I don't use perspective. Things are ever changing. But one thing that hasn't changed is the fact that this is a capitalistic society, number one. But what has changed is the amount of money. Nobody was making this kind of money off of one game when Charles Barkley was in in college at Auburn in the 80s. It just doesn't exist. So just because you guys didn't get to benefit something or it was done a certain way doesn't mean you shouldn't change. It's ridiculous. Somebody asked me, well, why, how would you fix it? Because everybody wants to talk fairness. And that's another thing that irritates me is why is everything fair um, when it comes to college? But everything else in the capitalistic society is unfair. The fact that we have poverty is unfair. And in my city, particularly Chicago, I don't care what anybody says. It's not guns that's, you know, the main issue with the violence. It's the fact that we have no social economic opportunity in the black community. And I'm going to come back to that towards the end in a second. It's poverty. So capitalism by nature is unfair. So the fact that all of a sudden we're going to get to college and say, well, we have to pay everybody the same amount. Like somebody asked me about a bench player on Duke. Well, does that mean that Zion makes more than him? Yes, it does, because Zion is the main attraction. Everybody came to see Zion Williamson play, not Marquise Bolden. It's the same way in the NBA. They come to watch Kevin Durant and Steph Curry tonight. James Harden is playing. Nobody came to watch uh, Kelvin Looney play, even though Looney is an important contributor to the team because it is a team. But if we're talking business and economics, yeah, certain people should be treated different. I haven't used a comparison. You got Coach K making $8.8 million a year. In that game that night, Roy Williamson makes uh, – Williams, excuse me, not Williamson. Williams makes about $2.some million, but I added it up. It's over $10 million the coaches were making in salary in that game. Gino Ariema, in comparison, who has the number one – Harrison, Gino Ariema, who is the head coach of the UConn women's Husky team, he makes about $2.2 million a year. And I will argue all the time that, yes, women should be paid as well, not just the men. Bottom line is anybody who's driving revenue and a significant amount of revenue to their school should be compensated for it. And that includes the young ladies at UConn. This year, Louisville has a great team. Notre Dame has a great team. South Carolina. So if they're bringing in a lot of revenue, then they should see a piece of that. Or at the minimum, let them get paid off endorsements and give them a percentage of the jersey sales and the merchandise that is sold. To me, that's a simple and easy fix. That way we don't have to worry about paying players. But to think that this system going forward is acceptable is, is crazy for people to think that. Um, it's, not a, it's a very exploitive toy, very exploitive system. It's not a great system. It's broke and it needs to be fixed. Also, another thing that came out of this was to talk about now the NBA is all for lowering the age. And it's not that they want to lower the age because they want to benefit, help college basketball, or even give the opportunity of young men, mainly young black men, to come into the NBA 
and um, play is the fact that they want now to try to beef up the G League. You know, they want someone like a Zion Williamson to come through the G League for a year, boost the ratings, have them make a little bit of money so at least they're not losing money in the G League. Maybe they break even for that season going forward. So, but in the process of in classic negotiation, negotiating style and business, they want the the players' union to give up concessions to lower the age. And the players' union is like, no, we're not giving up anything. We want to lower the age, lower the age. So, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out um, because I think they need to lower the age. One of my first blog posts I ever wrote was um, from boys to men. A true the, the truth about those who went from high school to the NBA. And I laid it out that it was not an unsuccessful thing. We could always look at how people's careers played out and whether they kept their money or lost their money. But bottom line, I pointed out that most of those guys did well for themselves financially when they came to the league. There really were only a handful of people that didn't work out. And I would argue, and as I did in their article, that they will actually work out today because the infrastructure is a little bit better. It benefits the team to want to see them do well. So, like, for example, somebody like a Corleone Young, who is the poster child for this, there's no way in the world he would be out of the league in, at the, in one season because of a back. It wasn't like he couldn't keep playing. They just decided to cut ties with him. There's no way in the world that happened today. They would fully invest in him as a player to go forward to see if he could be successful because then it would be better on them to, as a return on their investment. So the last thing I wanted to point out, and this is one of the reasons why I have this podcast and I had this platform, is I had a great idea and I was talking it over with my wife. If, if college is the thing to, that everybody wants to keep pushing, that's fine. Me personally, I have a son now. He's two years old. And one day if we get to this position where my son's the number one player in the nation, you're not going to pimp out my son. You're not going to make money off my son and think we're not going to see any of it. If anything, my son is going to go overseas. I'm going to go with him. He's going to sign his shoe deal before he goes overseas, and he's going to play overseas. But we also had another great idea, and nobody ever thinks about this. How come – None of these guys go and play at HBCUs or historical black universities. Why do we always have to go to Duke in Kansas? And I know what you're thinking that, oh, he's making it about race. But it's always about race in this country. By and large, when I look at the comments of those who say that these athletes should not be paid because the predominantly the athletes are black athletes. Let's just be honest. Let's just be real is usually based across racial lines. I see a lot of, not all, but a lot of white people saying that they shouldn't be paid, while mostly I see black people championing the fact that they should be paid. And nobody's trying to say that education is important, but it would be so nice, it would be super dope if for five years straight, some of the top prospects who are black, who are African-American, came out and said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and sign and I'm going to go play at Howard University or I'm going to go play at Tuskegee, or I'm going to play at North Carolina a and I'm going to play at FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, Hampton, Morris, uh, Morehouse, or even some of the young ladies say, I'm going to go play at Spelman, Southern, Jackson State, et cetera, et cetera. The amount of money that can come into these universities, because some of these universities are failing, they're struggling financially, they can really use the money and really lose the bo- uh, use a boost. And I don't think it's going to hurt Kansas that much. It's not going to hurt Duke or Kentucky. They're not missing no money. Rupp Arena in Kentucky seats almost 25,000 people, and they sold out for every game. 
So why can't we take some of that money and bring it back into the black community, man, which I think would be a great thing, not just for black people, but for people in general, man. As I just spoke about in Chicago, in our in our poorest areas, when a lot of this violence is being driven, is the fact that there's no economic opportunity. So why not? You mean to tell me that ESPN is not going to line up to cover Zion Williamson because he's playing at a historically black college? It just doesn't make sense because he's playing at Clark. They're not going to come to those gyms or the arena nearby, whatever they choose to play at. It doesn't make sense. So me and my wife was like, what if we announced that our son, who's the number one player in the nation, and he befriends like two or three other guys, and they decide that, hey, we're going to all go to the same historically back college. You know, I'm going to be pre-med or I'm going to be pre-law while I'm playing there for that one year or however and then let's get some of that money back to the university because these are great universities just as well as some of these other universities such as Duke, which is a great university, um, Georgia Tech, another great university, Georgetown, some of these schools, Virginia, that are really great universities. Why not put some of this money back into HBCUs? So you might not agree with that take, but that's just my take. This is my podcast. That's why I started this podcast. I wanted to bring a perspective from an African-American male that sometimes is not talked about, that we're scared to talk about. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's just adding perspective to a conversation. So that's going to bring this show to a close. Hopefully you enjoyed this show. Make sure to like, subscribe, download. I already announced all the listening platforms, Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, the app TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. The website is www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at ZachTheOffTheGlass. I'm on Twitter as Zach at OffTheGlass, so make sure to follow me there. Everybody enjoy their week. Be safe out there. This is your host, Z, signing off. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.